in the scriptures. Aren't you thankful for the scriptures? The wonderful scriptures uh, to Ephesians. The third chapter. And then I think we'll go to 1 John 3 as well. Ephesians 3 and 1 John 3. Now, I took up some time singing. You going to dock me for that? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this cause... I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We have a Father, saints. He's not just a Father, He's the Father. Praise God. And uh, this really is a reminder of reality. Much of the family is not on earth. Hmm? How many got family on the other side? They're not on earth. But they're very much alive. Part of the family is in heaven. Part of the family is on earth. But just one family. And just one father. Thank you, Lord. I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Look in 1 John. They'll put it on the screen for us. 1 John 3 and 1. 1 John 3 and 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Now, He's calling our attention, the Spirit of God through John is calling our attention to what magnitude of love God has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. This is not something you should say lightly or think of lightly. Angels are real. And they're greater in power and might than human beings are. And yet the angels are recorded in the word to have said, what is man? What is man that you're so mindful of him? That you would do this for him. I'm paraphrasing now that you would redeem him. See, they are not sons. They're servants. And you and I have a place in the plan of God that is preeminent above all his creation. We're his very own sons. Now when I say son, I mean male son and female son. That's the way the scripture describes it. But we are all the sons of the living God. What God has done for us, we, we barely understand at this point. Keep reading in this same verse. 
He said, what manner of love, behold, what manner of love the Father's bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. We'd probably use the word recognize. The world doesn't recognize who we are. Most Christians don't know who they are. (laughs) Keep reading verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not when we get to heaven. I said not when we get to heaven. How do you get to be a son of God? You're born a son of God. You're born into the divine family. Hallelujah. It does not yet appear what we shall be. We, you can't tell what we are by looking at us right now. We don't look like what we are on the outside. We're in this frail flesh that's aging every day. Has so many weaknesses. But inside. Even though the outward man. Is decaying and growing older. The inner man. Is not. You're not a day older. Inside. Than when you were born again. You are not aging. You should be developing. But you're not aging. And where it matters. You will never grow old. And you will never die. Jesus said. If you believe on me. You will never die. You will never die. So what do you mean? You think you're going to live forever on the earth? That's not what he's talking about. He tasted death for every man. The Lord tarries is coming long enough. I will slip out of this body. And probably say, glad to be leaving here. Hmm? But I won't die. It's like the three Hebrew children thrown into the fiery furnace. When they came out, there was no burn. There was no singe. You couldn't even smell smoke on them. And when I leave here, I won't even taste death. It may be a few minutes or hours before I even realize that my body is dead. You too. Hmm? You'll just be out of here. And oh, as the time progresses, it's going to be more and more evident who you are and what you are. Come on, keep reading. Read it again. He said, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. That when he shall appear, talking about the master, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. When the Lord comes in all of his glory, do you suppose you will be impressed? I assure you, you will be impressed. But one of the things that's going to amaze you, when you see him, you're going to go, I am 
like him. He has made me like him. Glory to God. And he is the express image of the Father. So if I'm like him, I'm like the Father. Mm. We're talking about the being who's sitting on the throne right now. Who the prophet saw and said from his loins down he's fire. From his loins up he's fire. There's a bunch of dumb stuff going around about, you know, what color is God? Is God black or white? Neither. He's fire colored. He's fire colored. And I believe once we get out of here and get this flesh glorified, we'll have a better tone as well. (laughs) It's ignorant to get hung up on skin tone. All of us got the same mom and daddy. Is that right? You you keep going back, right? Adam and Eve. We all came from the same parents. God is my father. Come on, somebody say it out loud. God is my father. He is the most awesome being in all the universe. Is that right? And he's my Father, is that real to you? Do you commune with him? Do you fellowship with him? We should. Now, uh, one of the things you see about Jesus is that he was continually referring to the Father in his earthly ministry. He's our example. And one of the most prominent places to see it is the gospel account of John. Go ahead and turn there with me if you would. You go to John. Big John. You were in little John. Uh, there is some 140 references to the Father, Jesus referring to the Father, just in the book of John. Virtually every page, every chapter. Usually multiple times in a chapter. He talked about the Father nonstop. Nonstop. Should we pay attention to that? Should we take heed to that? What's going on here? Obviously we don't want to have time necessarily to look at all 140. You want to? Would the stuff we're going to do the rest of the day be more important? Food for thought. Go with me to the gospel account of John. And let's look at the fourth chapter. And I'll just. uh, We'll we'll just hit some spots here and there. To get a, a sense of Jesus' relationship with the Father. Because should we have the same kind of thing going on in our life? We should. John 4.21. 
John 4, 21, Jesus said to the woman at the well, Believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. Salvation is of the Jews. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father seeks to fellowship with us and commune with us in worship. He is not indifferent about it. Some people leave the idea God is this being that really we we can hardly relate to. He can hardly relate to us. He created all this. He gave it a spin. He might check in on it once in a while, but he barely cares or knows about what happens down here. Not true. Not true. Not true. He actually has revealed himself as a jealous God. He doesn't want you worshiping another God. Hmm? He wants your affection. Hallelujah. He wants you to know him. And the way you do it is not through the mental and it's not through the flesh. It's through spirit. Spirit, something that much of the world is completely ignorant of. Not only should you know about spirit, but you is one. Somebody said out loud, I is a spirit. I is one. Or am one. Uh, The Father seeks such to worship him. Verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit is not mental. And spirit is not flesh. You're looking at me right now through those two windows we call eyes. You're inside there. You're not a body. You live in a body. You're not just a mind. You have a mind. But you are soul and spirit. Apart from the body. You will be you and exist without a body. But you'll get to come back and pick your body up. After it gets glorified. And you'll be very happy with it. In that you'll be you, but vastly improved. (laughs) Vastly improved. You looking forward to that? Imagine going month after month, year after year, century after century and never get tired. Tired is just something that used to be. Way back that you might look at each other sometime and go, remember we used to get tired? Yeah. Aren't you glad those days were? Yeah, thank, thank the Father. <coughs> go to John 5. Where his works were concerned, what Jesus did, 
And when we say works, we're talking about his teaching, his preaching, his ministering healing and miracles, etc. <clears throat> he never took credit for one message he preached. That's right. He never took credit for one healing that occurred through his ministry or one miracle. You know what he said? The Father. The Father in me. He does the works. I only say what I hear the Father. Tell me. This is how real Christians function. Some have had the idea that if I could get enough faith and understand my authority enough that I would go out and and do amazing things. I would have power to cause miracles to happen. And, and, and really it's kind of a mixture of Christianity and sorcery. Nothing, none of it's true. Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. Well, now if that's true of the master, it's certainly true of you. Hmm? What he revealed is he did not just have this power and ability. And one reason I'm saying it is because this is taught in some schools of theology. That Jesus just went around healing people because he decided to. And working miracles and doing things. Demonstrating that he's the son of God. Not true. Not true. He did what he did as a man. Anointed with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't know about that. Put your nose in the book. Quit just believing stuff that you heard. The Bible said Jesus, and Philippians says, laid aside his mighty weight and power and became like other men. And did he not say, I can of my own self do nothing? Did he say that or not? And then he also said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. If he did them as God, how can I believe that? If he did what he did as God, how can I believe I can do what he did? I'm certainly not functioning as God. But if he did them as a man with no unfair advantage over me and he'd give me the same spirit Hallelujah. And the same authority. We see the glorious. Hallelujah. Possibility and responsibility. To do what he did. It is possible. But he did not. As we keep saying. He did not do it. Of himself. He did it. In complete reliance. On the father. He did it. Working hand in hand. With the Father every day, every step. You you must not try to separate faith principles, authority in the name of Jesus principles from being led by the Spirit. It doesn't work. That's why a lot of people have experienced disappointment. They were going to claim this. They were going to say this. They were going to rebuke this and loose this and bind this. But they weren't 
working with the Father. They're just doing something on their own. Did Jesus operate that way? No. If you'll commune with the Father, in every situation, He'll speak to you what to do. You'll, you'll hear yourself saying and doing the right thing in that situation, and really, you're seeing Him do it through you. And then you just say and do what He showed you to say and do, and miracles happen. But it wasn't you that did it. It was the Father. The Father in you. He does the works. Watch about being too quick to just start rebuking and binding. Watch about being too quick to just start confessing and claiming. The first step is ask Him. Check in with the Father. Ask Him. What do I do? What do we pray? What do we say? What do we do? If Jesus was completely dependent on the Father in His earthly walk, certainly we should be. Faith is not being independent. Faith is being dependent on the Father. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, Father God, I rely on you completely. I look to you night and day. Hallelujah. John 5, he describes it. John 5, 17, Jesus said, My father works hitherto, or up till now, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, in their mind, but said also that God was his father. Oh, no. Making himself equal with God. Now you're talking about something that makes the devil mad. Something that irritates all of hell. That's when you really know it and you really believe it. That God is my father. I'm his child. We may not realize what a big deal that is. But hell knows what a big deal that is. And heaven knows what a big deal. All the angels know. All the evil spirits know. We're just starting to find out. That's why I mean they started choking when he talked about God being his father. And it's still that way. Then, uh, you know, I've heard people say about me, you know, something I said about, you know, the, the Lord spoke to me. And people say, he actually imagines he's hearing from God. <laughs> All these people hearing these things, hearing from God. They said, that bothers me. One guy said, all these people that never hear from God bother me. (laughs) I'm not talking about hearing voices. But if he's inside me, I said if he's inside me, why couldn't I get something from him? I mean, I can communicate with you. Right? From six foot away. Is God intelligent? Can he communicate? Can he talk? Certainly. Then why couldn't we we communicate with him? It's a matter of learning how. And again, it's not physical. It's not mental. It's not even emotional. It's spiritual. Spiritual. Hallelujah. 
is spiritual. The Spirit of God, Romans says, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The first thing the Father let you know when you got born again was that you were his child. That's the first thing he let you know. Hmm? Anybody remember when you got born again? Did you have a witness inside you? That something had happened to you? And was God more real to you than he'd ever been? Well, that's what was happening. The Spirit of God, not in an audible voice, but the Spirit of God was bearing witness, causing your spirit to know this. And the same way he caused you to know that you're his child, he can cause you know, to know where to park. And which one to buy. And who to marry. Come on, are you listening? And, and, and children of sons of God are to be led by the Spirit of God, not by a bunch of other stuff. My, my, this is growing on me. <clears throat> Verse uh, 19. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. Is that true about you too? You can't do one thing. Not one thing. Except what you get from him. What he sees the Father do, for what things soever he does, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that himself does. And he will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son, honors not the Father which has sent him. You should not believe people who don't believe in Jesus are spiritual. You cannot have the Father without the Son. That's right. You cannot get to the Father. No man comes to the Father except by the Son. Amen. Somebody ex- said, except for other. I, no. Nobody. Nobody. If you don't honor the Son, you don't honor, you don't honor the Father who sent the Son. In fact, John says, if you don't accept and acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Lord, you're calling the Father a liar. Right. That's right. You're not going to be all right with the Father, and you reject Jesus. Absolutely. Amen. Now, if that messes with your doctrine, good. Yeah. <laughs> Stick your nose in the book. <laughs> well, maybe you hadn't heard such and such, Brother Keith. Maybe I did and just didn't believe it. Here we go. Verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing as I hear I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now Jesus, every morning when he got up, what is he thinking? He's not seeking his own will. What's he seeking? 
the will of the Father. This is how he lived. You remember when he was baptized in the River Jordan. What happened? There appeared uh, in the form of a dove the Holy Spirit coming on him. And the Father spoke right out of the sky. What did he say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And you'll see that every day of Jesus' walk on the earth, he was seeking to please the Father. He was seeking to accomplish the Father's will. He he was not seeking his own agenda or his own plan or his own will. He was only seeking the Father's will. Can you and I live this way? Well, would his plan be better than ours? What do you think? Hmm. Go with me to the 8th chapter, please. Some of you still trying to process what I said a couple of minutes ago. Think about that later. Focus on this. John 8. John 8. Verse 16. Jesus said, if I judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone, but I and the Father sent me. Jesus was continually conscious that the Father was with him. Even at the end of his earthly walk in ministry, he told the disciples, he said, all of you are going to leave me tonight. He said, but I am not alone because the Father is with me. Don't ever say, I get so lonely living alone. You're not alone. I get so tired of being alone. You are not alone. Are you a Christian? Have you been born again? Then you are in the family of God. And your Father is with you always. His Spirit will never leave you. Right? You are never alone. You're not alone if you're in the car by yourself. You're not by yourself. If you're in the kitchen or you're in the bathroom or you're in the backyard or you're at work. Come on, somebody say it out loud. I am never alone. I'm never alone. Jesus said, I'm not alone. But I and the Father that sent me. Hallelujah. Verse 18, I'm one that bears witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bears witness of me. And they said to him, where is your Father? Jesus said, you neither know me nor my Father. For if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. If you do know something about the Father, you love Jesus. They understood not that he spoke to them of the Father. Then said Jesus to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. Verse 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, 
For I do always those things that please Him. This is the only fully satisfying life you can live in the earth. Because of who we are and what we are and who made us. We were created for the Father's pleasure. If we live our life for our own pleasure, it is futility. Even if you try to occupy yourself for a little bit, it cannot end in anything but disappointment and disillusionment because you were made for more. I said you were made for more. The only way to be truly happy day in, day out, to be truly fulfilled and content, there's only one way. It's to know him. And to please him. Every day. Every afternoon. Every night. In the wee hours of the morning. You're checking with him. You're looking to him. What, what is your pleasure today father? What, what can I do. To please you. What can you use me. To do. Now I know most people on the planet don't live like this. But then most people don't live like Jesus did. Can you live like Jesus? Is it our call to live like him? He that says he, he's in him, he ought to walk like he walked, the scripture said. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I do always those things that please him. Skip down to verse 38. Jesus said, I speak that which I have seen with my father. And you do that which you have seen with your father. Now this just knocks in the head. An ungodly doctrine. About the universal fatherhood of God. And the universal brotherhood of man. That all the earth. Is really one family. And why can't we just all get along. (laughs) No, honey, all the earth is not one family. There's another family besides the family of God. (laughs) People say, well, aren't all these religions, they're just, they're the same God, right? Just by other names and people have their own. No, no, no. They are not the same God by another name. And there are not numerous ways to him. There is, if you believe the Bible, if you're going to be a Christian, there is one way to the Father. His name is Jesus. You're just narrow-minded and ignorant. I'm saved. My name's in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And a lot of people find it. But there's a straight and a narrow way that goes to salvation. Hallelujah. And few there be that find. People say, well, billions of people can't be wrong. They sure can be. And they are. You don't accept these other religions? I can't be a Christian and accept these other religions. Being a Christian means you believe what the Christ told you. 
No. And you're not going to help somebody who's in delusion by trying to tell them they're okay. They need to come out of it. <laughs> okay. Let's keep reading. He said, uh, I speak that which I have seen with my father. You do that which you've done with your father. Now, he's talking to the most religious people of his day. And they answered, Abraham's our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you'd do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that's told you the truth, which I've heard of God. Abraham didn't do this. You do the deeds of your father. (laughs) Then he said to him, we're not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. (laughs) They're getting more heated by the minute. And he's not making it any easier. Is that right? (laughs) If God were your father, you'd love me. I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. There's a bunch of folks on the planet. They are not family to us. Regardless of where they come from, what their background is, none of the natural stuff makes any difference. But the spiritual stuff makes all the difference. And unless you've been born again, God is not your father. And you're not in the family of God. And you're not okay. Now, this is not popular. This is politically incorrect. It's not popular among a lot of churches and groups. Oh, that's too, that's, that's too narrow. That's, you, know, you need to be more, more inclusive. <laughs> We'd like for everybody to be included. But there ain't but one way to get in here. You must be born again. And the only way you can be born again is you've got to believe Jesus is it. He's everything. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. Well, we're covering some ground today, aren't we? <laughs> is it okay? Well, you can say amen or owe me or I'll think about it. We'll see. Go with me to John 17. John 17, I'm thinking about closing. Fixing to close. That's a good uh, southern term. Anybody know what fixing means? Fixing means commencing to get ready to start. Commencing to get ready to start. Now, that's, that's the Keith Moore definition, so don't look for that in Webster's. <laughs> no, 
don't misunderstand me. We love people. We care about people that don't know God. But you're not going to help them by lying to them. And telling them they're okay. That will not help anybody. The Bible's either true or it's not. Jesus is either the only way or he's not. You, you can't have it both ways now. John 17, Jesus prayed to the Father. This entire chapter is him praying to the Father. How many would like to, uh, if Jesus was up here kneeling down in the front praying, would you like to come and kneel down beside him and listen to him pray? You got it right here? You got it right here? This entire chapter is Jesus praying. John 17, 1, these words spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven. And he said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. Now, this is something else. We were just emphasizing a couple of things right now. Jesus was continually mindful of the Father. He was continually dependent on the Father. He continually sought to please the Father. And here's something else that he continually sought. He sought the glory of the Father. He said he didn't come to seek his own glory. He didn't come to seek his own will. Now everybody's got flesh and everybody's got pride. And it's something you need to die to. I said, it's something you need to die to. Who I am. What I am. What I've done. What I can do. You need to die to it. And seek only His glory. You don't want people to see you. You want people to see Him when they see you. Come on, is that right? You don't want people to be impressed with you. That's not enough. You want them to be impressed with Him. And, what, and who he is in your life. And what he's done in your life. Because it will inspire them. To look to him. You can't do for them. What God has done for you. Only God can do for them. What he's done for you. So they don't need to look to you. You're, you're not their provider. You're not their protector. You're not their healer. Come on are you with me? You, you, you are not that. But he is. We should seek like the master every day and night. We want people to see God. Didn't he say that? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's because he didn't seek his own glory. He didn't put himself forward. We want people to not just see a church, Branson and Sarasota. We want them to see God. Amen. Is that right? We don't just want them to see us. If they see that we're living good and doing well. We want them to see God's provision. God's goodness. Is that right? When our children are taken care of and protected and healed. We we don't want them to ooh and ah about our faith and our prayer life. Uh, Who are we praying to? Who answered the prayer? Right? Why make a big deal out of you? Are me. Come on, somebody said out loud, I'm not seeking my own glory. 
I'm seeking His glory. Every day, every night of my life, I say, Father, get glory to Yourself in me, in everything, in my life. I pray that You, Father, would be the most seen, the most exalted, the most glorified. Get glory to yourself in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the best service you could have? The best service you could have? Might go on for five hours. And when somebody's leaving, they said, what went on in there? What went on in there? Who spoke and who did? And they said, I don't remember. I don't remember. But God was there. That's the best service you could have. It's so trivial and so foolish and so shallow to just trying to focus on how good this one did and how good that one did. If it was good, it was God. Is that right? He did so he gave somebody something. He did something through somebody. That's not trying to be humble. That's just being honest. Hallelujah. Go to John 20. As you can see, this is just a small sampling of Jesus' continual reference to his Father, to the Father. And at the end of the book here, at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, he has, at this point in John 20, he's gone to the cross. He's offered up himself as our sacrifice. And this is describing when he was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. John 20 and verse 16. Mary was there at the tomb, and she saw him. And when she turned herself and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Now this would be quite startling. She knew he, his body was dead just a matter of hours ago. And Jesus said to her, touch me not. She, uh, she obviously, when she, was she seeing him right now, this may be minutes after he was raised from the dead. She was one of the very first to see. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a myth. Hours before, his body was laying there cold and dead. But he's been raised. And his body's been changed. Hallelujah. The scripture says we're going to have a body like his glorious glorious body. And uh, he said, don't touch me. For I'm not yet ascended to my father. Now, you need to know some Old Testament to know what's going on here. In the Old Covenant, the priest would go through purification and washing and put on the robes and take the blood of the sacrificial animal 
and go into the Holy of Holies and offer it for the sins of the people. And once they were sanctified, they were not to be in contact with anybody or touch anything or touch anybody until they had gone in and done the service and ministry and then come out. And Hebrews tells us that the tabernacle and the temple and all of the things that were made, the altar and the, the cherubim and the mercy seat and, and then the sacrifices, all those were patterned after the real thing in heaven. Hallelujah. And so what's happening right now is Jesus said, don't touch me. Because later on, you read just a few verses later, he said, touch me. Chapter so, let touch me. Told Thomas, touch me. What changed? She's seeing him minutes after he's raised from the dead. And she goes to grab him and he says, no, 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 don't, don't touch me yet. He said, I must, I've not yet ascended to my father. What's, what's about to happen? He's going to the mercy seat with his own blood. As our high priest. Oh hallelujah. And going to offer his blood. And the father is going to accept it. As the final payment. Hallelujah. And the satisfaction for sin. He was both sacrifice and priest. He was the priest that offered up himself, his blood. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews, that blood is on the mercy seat now. It's eternal. Hallelujah. The life's in the blood. And Jesus didn't have an earthly father. What life is in his blood? It's the zoe, eternal life of the father. And that blood... The Bible said speaks better things than Abel's blood. When Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood cried out from the ground for vengeance. Avenge me. But the blood of Jesus is not crying out for vengeance. It's crying out innocent. 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 And all who have received him have been washed by the blood and no matter how bad their sins, they are clean and they are innocent before the throne. Oh, wow. And this is what he said. Moments before he leaves the earth and goes to the, before God in the mercy seat, he says, touch me not. I'm not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say this to them. I'm ascending to my father and your father. What he's about to do makes the way for the father to be my father just like he's Jesus' father. That is the basis of my relationship with him is the same as Jesus' relationship with him because it's his righteousness. It's his blood. Jesus said in his prayer that they may know 
that you've loved them as you've loved me. Well, why wouldn't he love us as he loves him? Because it's his righteousness we have. (laughs) It's his innocence we have. Glory to God. Somebody said, you don't know what I've done, preacher. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's not more powerful than what we're talking about here. The blood of the spotless Lamb of God that speaks off the eternal mercy seat. Oh, come on, somebody say that blood, that blood. I have faith in the blood. That blood has washed me clean. That blood has me redeemed. Glory to God. And because of that, Hebrews then goes on to say, Come boldly before the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and get grace to help in the time of need. Most, I shouldn't say most, probably is true. Beings on the earth and prior to that cannot approach the throne. He's too holy. He's too pure. He's fire. How could you and I boldly, boldly, not arrogantly, but confidently, confidently? People talk about praying and, and, and bombarding the gates of heaven. You got no business out there at the gates. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> Come boldly to what? To what? Jesus said we've been seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What, what's the reality? Oh, friend, let's meditate on this the rest of the day and tomorrow and the next. What's the reality? The reality is the almighty creator of heavens and the earth is father to me just like he's father to the master. That's why he's of all the things he could have said a few minutes after being raised from the dead to go tell his disciples. What did he tell them? You tell them. I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. My God and your God. What's he saying? The way has been made. The way has been made. Hallelujah. That you can come right in to the presence and him call you Father. You call him, you call him Father and him call you Son. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can our lives take on a higher meaning? Can we forget about our little plans and stuff and act like the master and live to please the Father every day? Stand on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Close your eyes if you would.
Say this to the Father if you mean it. If it's real in your heart. Pray it out loud, Father God. By faith, I come confidently before you in Jesus' righteousness, in his name, washed by his blood, believing that I can call you Father just like he does and that you call me Son. Just like you do him. I purpose. To seek to please you. Like he did. As he walked the earth. I acknowledge. I am completely dependent on you. And I seek. Not my glory. But your glory. For you alone are worthy of all the glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 